Hey, Tyler Shields here, pastor of Rock House Baptist Church. I want to personally thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray that the message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to be the person that God desires you to be. Be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org where you can find out more about how to connect, grow, and go. And now, today's message. Well, it's certainly great to see everybody this morning. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach you down. It's great to have our friends from Missouri. They've been here with us from Purcell Baptist all week. And you're going to get to meet them uh, here momentarily. It's also great to see my prodigal son, Nick Lowe, here with us. Him and Danielle, he's in the very far back back there. Snuck in on us. I think th he said uh, things have changed a little bit since he was here last. This morning I got a, I got a message for you talking about friends. And we're going to continue uh, the life of Joseph, which we've been talking about for several weeks now. And uh, didn't Brian do a great job last week picking right up with that and, and preaching the, on Joseph's life? We're very blessed to have good preachers in our church. So Brian did a wonderful job talking about this situation that Joseph unfortunately found himself in and was punished for it even though he didn't really do anything wrong. And it shows the importance of living a life, especially as a Christian, living a life that, as the Bible says, is above reproach, maintaining your integrity. It made me think about the life of Billy Graham. Billy Graham, if you don't know, had a very strict personal policy where he would never, ever even consider putting himself in a compromising situation with with a female. There's so many different scandals. Back then, even and even today, so many different scandals. It just takes one person to say something wrong, and whether you're just like Joseph, whether you're innocent or guilty, you're toast, man. But how many scandals did you ever hear about Billy Graham? None. A whole life of ministry, and he, he was very intentional about living above reproach because he knew his ministry, a lot of it hinged on his reputation. But in spite of Joseph's integrity, in spite of this incredible dream that he had that he believed was God's plan for his life, in spite of God being with Joseph every step of the way of his life, he finds himself down in the bottom of this prison being punished for something that he didn't do. And here's the point where most of us, if we're honest, we would just throw in the towel. Say, man, I'm done with God, I'm done with all them people, I'm done with church. If it ain't working, I'm going to do something different. And we just give up. You ever been mad at God? You ever been mad at the world? Mad at your husband, your wife? Don't answer that one yet. You can talk about that later. But Joseph has a really unique understanding of God's plan and God's purpose for his life. At this point in Joseph's life, so much has happened to him. I believe even though he's in prison now, he can look back and say, you know what, God was with me in the past. He delivered me from the pit. He spared me from Potiphar and the mess of his house. I believe with all my heart God will even deliver me from this prison. I still have this dream deep in my heart that God gave to me. It doesn't look anything like this, but if this prison is part of the process I've got to go through, I'm still getting to that palace. I'd like to be, have that attitude sometimes. 
So regardless of the situation Joseph find him, finds himself in, one thing we realize, and Brian talked about this, is that he continually, faithfully serves God and the people that are around him. Even down in this prison, God is with him. Last week, we ended with God blessing Joseph. Even in this prison, he finds favor with the warden. And then he gets an opportunity to kind of make some new friends. Let's pick up Genesis chapter 40. I'm going to skip around through the chapter, not read it all. But the first four verses say this. It says, After this, the king of Egypt's cupbearer and baker offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guards in the prison where Joseph was confined. And the captain of the guards assigned Joseph to them as their personal attendant, and they were in custody for some time. Now, at this point, we can say that we're getting into years now since Joseph first dreamed his dreams. Years had passed. And now he's in this prison, and he gets assigned to care for these special prisoners. Now, in a sense, they become friends. And I, and I just want to point out, your choice of friends is a pretty important thing in your life. <laughs> some of you are thinking about some of your friends that you've had in low places. I ain't going to sing the song, but... Friends can have such an impact on your life. First point I want to, I want to point out is friends can either pick you up or they can pull you down. As followers of Christ, and I'm not saying that we don't need to love everybody. We do. We're called to love people called to care about people, to love our neighbors as ourselves, but the people that we surround ourselves with as our closest friends and those who get most of our time has a huge impact on our lives and on us personally. Good, godly friends will lift you up, it, but if you're always surrounded by negativity and, and drama and, and problems, it's eventually going to take a toll on you. John C. Maxwell said the the better you are at surrounding yourself with people of high potential, the greater your chance for success. Mark Twain said, keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that. But the really great make you feel that you too can become great. I kind of like our mountain wisdom. Somebody once said this, says it's hard to soar with eagles when you're running with turkeys. That made sense to me. But who you surround yourself with matters. No, again, not that you shouldn't reach out to everyone. Not that you shouldn't invest in those that, that need your time and need your love and need God's love and need the gospel. But who you keep, as we say, who you keep company with, it has an impact on you. Greatly impacts you either for the better or for the worse. So Joseph befriends kind of out of necessity these two guys. And both of these guys, the cupbearer and the baker, end up dreaming dreams as well. And Joseph tells them that they're upset one day and because there's nobody around that can interpret the dream. And Joseph says, hey, only God can interpret dreams. Tell me, because in my version he's saying God is with me. I can interpret the dream for you. And so the cupbearer begins to tell Joseph this, this dream he had. And I'll be honest. The cupbearer's dream sounds a lot like a dream I would have after eating pizza late at night or something like that. It's just weird. But Joseph listens, and, and, and he, he begins to, to tell him the truth. He says, in three days, Pharaoh is going to free you from prison and restore you to your former position. 
It's pretty good news. And hearing that good news, the baker says, well, man, he got a pretty good deal. I'm going to try it too. He tells him his dream. Again, another weird dream. And at this point, Joseph has a choice. Joseph can either tell the guy the truth, what the dream actually means, or he can tell a little white lie in order to make him not feel so bad. Now, what kind of good, what would a good friend do? I know what most of us would do. Heaven forbid we should hurt somebody's feelings by telling the truth. So Joseph, being a good, godly man, a good friend, he tells the, the guy the bad news. He says, your dream's similar. In three days, Pharaoh's going to release you, but unfortunately, he's going to hang you, and the birds are going to eat your body. Holy cow. I don't know if I'd really want to know that or not. I think I'd just be better off wondering. But a good friend, a good friend always tells you, the truth, even when it burns a little bit. Second point is be the friend that you'd want to have. Kind of goes back to the golden rule Jesus taught us. Do unto others, you'd have them do unto you. The very, very best friends aren't always yes men or yes women. The very best friends challenge us. They correct us. Sometimes they chastise us when, they, when it's necessary. But they always encourage us and lift us up and they always tell us the truth, even if it's not what we want to hear. So when your friend is telling you the truth, and it hurts a little bit, don't get mad at them. They're doing what a good friend should do. It's the kind of friends we should be. You know, I got to think, of all people, Christians are people that know the truth. Now, I'm not talking about your opinion. That, that could be the truth or not. I'm talking about the truth. We know the truth and have been set free by the truth. Of all people, we shouldn't be afraid to tell our friends the real truth. John Wooden, one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time, said, whatever you do in life, surround yourself with smart people who argue with you. What is the Bible puts it, iron, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. To get sharp, it takes a little friction sometimes. So don't be afraid to be sharpened, and don't be afraid to help sharpen somebody else. Just do it in a loving way. So... Joseph tells these guys the truth, but then he asks for something in return. At least from, at least from the guy that's going to survive. He's, he's kind of wrote the other guy off at this point. He's only got three days to live. Verses 14 and 15 says, and this is Joseph's words, he says, But when all goes well for you, would you remember that I was with you? Please show kindness to me by mentioning me to Pharaoh. And get me out of this prison. For I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I've done nothing that they should put me in the dungeon. It's one of the rare moments that we find Joseph being a little bit vulnerable. And revealing his, his heart and his soft side. He, he opens up about his frustration. He says, man, I've done nothing wrong. I've done nothing to deserve this. But here I am. And he finds himself in that place that a lot of us will find ourselves in a place that's totally different in life from what we thought life would be at this point. We once had great plans, we once had this great vision for what life was going to look like. We had some dreams like we've talked about, but guess what? Life happened. And maybe things happened to us that we didn't deserve. And maybe there's things that came up that we surely didn't anticipate on happening. So what do you do when you find yourself in a situation like this? I think we need to do what Joseph did, and that's 
cling to God and your dreams. <laughs> now, hold on. You know what some of you are thinking. You don't have to cling to your dream about being a professional singer or a professional athlete or uh, the greatest coach of all time. Some of those dreams, they're, they're, they're actually, that's a dream. We're talking about something different. I'm talking about your godly call on your life. The dream that God himself, the plan and the purpose, he has put deep down in your heart in your life. Because here's the truth, guys. There's going to be times in your life that the only thing that keeps you doing what you're doing, the only thing that really keeps you going is your faith in God and the sureness of his call on your life. Because the fact of the matter is, there's going to be people that hurt you. There's going to be people that disappoint you and let you down. The devil is going to try his best to stop you. There's going to be pits and there's going to be prisons. But as, he, as each new day dawns, you, 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 get to stay, you get to wake up and say, You know what? My God has brought me here. It may not look like what I thought it would, but my God put me here for a reason. My God called me to this work, and I know He'll never leave me or forsake me. And you can face whatever giant or whatever pit or whatever it is that crosses your path. And I would add you can even find joy in the pits and in the prisons because it's just another stepping stone to wherever it is that God's taking you. Unfortunately for Joseph, he didn't have some really good friends. They forgot him. Verses 21 through 23 says, Pharaoh, just like Joseph said, restored the chief cupbearer to his position as cupbearer, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But Pharaoh hanged the chief baker, just as Joseph had explained to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. That's got to be one of the most disappointing verses in the Bible. Poor old Joseph, man. It's just one thing right after the other. I've made some pretty good friends this week. Came all the way from, golly, almost in Oklahoma, way out near Joplin, Missouri, and, and they're getting ready to head. They're probably really waiting for me to quit preaching so they can head back home. <laughs> but y'all are getting ready to leave. And listen, when you go back, don't forget your friends here in Kentucky. Try and remember us. You come back sometime. Joseph was basically forgotten. Potiphar got rid of him. Pharaoh, Pharaoh didn't really care one way or the other what was going on with Joseph. His brothers, they would probably over him by this point. He was forsaken and he was forgotten. But guess what? He wasn't friendless. There was one that still remembered Joseph. I can't help but think of that old song. What a friend we have in Jesus. That's all I can remember right now. What a friend. It's pretty bad with him. But ain't that the truth? No matter where you're at in life, you've always got a friend in Jesus. God still had Joseph exactly where he wanted him. Just think for a moment. Let's just say Joseph had got released from prison. His friends had told Pharaoh, and he gets him out, and he says, Man, I've done you so wrong, but you're free to go home now. Joseph goes back home. Who would have been there to interpret Pharaoh's dreams when Pharaoh started having dreams about the famine? 
Who would have been in Pharaoh's palace to devise the plan to save the world from the seven years of famine that was coming? Who would have been there to feed the twelve tribes of Israel and preserve the lineage that would lead to the Lord Jesus Christ if Joseph had been set free from prison like he wanted to? Oh, man. You talk about the providence of God at work. Joseph may have been forgotten, but he was still in a friend of God. And that's my final point this morning. I want you to hear this. It's the greatest thing that some of you have ever heard in your life. That we have a friend, the Bible says, that is closer than any brother. In all of his wisdom, King Solomon put it this way in Proverbs 18.24. He said, One with many friends may be harmed, but there is a friend who is closer than a brother. I'd imagine that there were days that the only thing that kept Joseph going, the only thing that really kept him sane from losing his mind was knowing that there was a God that loved him dearly, that would never leave him, even when everybody else around him had turned their back on him. God was still there. When everybody else tried to take advantage of him, he still had one friend that was closer than a brother. Today, some of you may find yourself going through a situation like Joseph. Right now, life may not look like you ever dreamed it would. Never thought you'd be where you are today for whatever reason. Maybe you've been hurt along the way. Maybe you've been betrayed along the way. But I want you to know one thing. There's at least one person you can trust. There's one person that loves you more than you've ever been loved in your entire life. And that's God. I know Jesus will stick with you. Because He's already given it all for you. <laughs> Jesus held nothing back in His love for you. Taking your sin and your shame to the cross and dying for you. There's not many good friends that would do something like that for you. And I'll be honest with you, he's the one friend. You think you can't live without your friends? Let me tell you something. Jesus is the only friend you really can't live without. And I thank God for him every day. And on the flip side of that, I thank God for the good, godly friends that we're surrounded by. You look around, people like Mary Coots and many others that we could celebrate. That I'm going to go ahead and share uh, uh, real quickly. Friends like our ones from Missouri that came in and helped Miss Teresa move her home. Godly friends do stuff like that. Stay with us. We will close in prayer. Let's pray. Father, God, we thank you for bringing us here this morning. Lord, we thank you that when all else fails, when everybody else runs away, God, when we've been hurt and we feel like there's nobody else we can trust, God, we've got a friend that is closer than any brother. We've got a Savior and a Lord named Jesus Christ. God, this morning, there may be people here that they don't know what in the world I'm talking about having a friend in Jesus. They don't know what it's like to have a Savior that they can lean on day in and day out. They don't know what it's like to feel that peace in their heart knowing they're right with God so Lord today if there's someone here that, that needs to be saved God if there's someone that's been running and they just need to come back home 
Lord, I pray today would be the day that they make that choice. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in today. And remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.